Now, as we look at uh, this passage and another, uh, we wonder, okay, what, what should we be feeling this day? And the passage today is going to kind of do the, the ironic thing, which is it takes this, this cross, this symbol of, of defeat and of sorrow and of death and of suffering, of injustice, and of the, the great horror of our Savior, the perfect one dying. And it tells us to rejoice. It tells us of all things to rejoice. To rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. To rejoice in our suffering. And to rejoice in God himself. That we have found the, the love of God in beholding the cross. And that though Christ mourned and wept and cried out, we are invited to cry out in joy and celebrate the work that Christ has done for us. So with that, let's, let's read Romans 5, verses 1 through 11. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that our sufferings produce endurance. Endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And that hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. One will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person. One would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we are enemies we are reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would help us to behold the cross with true joy in our hearts because we know what it means for us. Lord, would we receive the, the message that you have sent, a message of grace and of forgiveness and of love, of Christ our Savior who died to restore us to yourself and prove your great grace and mercy towards us. Father, by the Holy Spirit, would you fill us? Would you use your word or would it not return void? And Lord, would we know? Would we know the, the goodness of the cross and rejoice in it, we pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right, so first, first, through the cross, we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. 
Therefore, since you have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we also have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. All right, there's a lot of good stuff here. All right, it's, it starts to kind of overflow. Okay, so we have, like, we have justification, we have peace, we have grace, we have hope. And we start to see the, the riches of the cross kind of like spilling out and, and pouring over those who have received Christ by faith. All right, we see justification to be declared righteous. Which doesn't mean anything if we don't recognize that we are not righteous. That we are, we are prisoners, we are, we are sinners with a rap sheet who deserve to be beside Jesus on his left and on his right for the array of sins that we have committed and yet we have been declared innocent. We have been declared justified. We have been declared holy in his sight, not guilty. And for us to be declared that all of those things were heaped upon Christ himself, that he had to bear all of this unjust punishment and retribution and the wrath of God, the holy and perfect one, became sin, unrighteousness, so that we may be the righteousness of God. We have peace. Peace with the God that we had made war with from the day of our birth. From the first day when Adam, Adam ate of the fruit, mankind has declared war on God. They've despised him, they've rejected him, they've ignored him and And yet, what God do we see on the cross? We see this God who will will come and will bear all of it. That he will end the war, not by destroying us, but by taking it upon himself. By pouring out peace through grace and forgiveness. By kind of turning the rifle off of us and onto his son. That is the price of peace and that is the the beauty of the peace of the gospel. The peace that is found in the cross. We now stand in grace. Through him we've obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. All right. Can you picture grace like that? That it's this great foundation that as it, it stretches in every direction and I picture it like a, like a pool. They're kind of wading in it. And it's all around us. And it's not this piddly thing. It's not meted out in, in grams. And we get a certain portion of a day. No, it, it is flooding from the cross. Forgiveness and mercy and blessings freely given never earned but gifted because of our faith. As we see the cross, we should, we should see the, the river of grace flowing from it. Grace for, for yesterday, for today, for tomorrow, for sins committed or sins imagined or sins yet to be realized 
There's lavish grace coming from the cross of Jesus Christ. And we stand upon that grace because of what Christ has done. And so we're given this exhortment and we're saying, rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. All right, so when you look to the future, all right, we should have been looking to our, our destruction, our judgment, to bear all of the miseries justly given us for all of our crimes, and yet what do we look? We look and we see the glory of God stand, standing before us. That he would lavish upon us honor. He would build us up. He would lift us up. And instead, he would humiliate and crush his son in our place. What stands before us is glory. The glory that Christ earned for us and that he sacrificed for us. Does that cause you to rejoice? Rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. All right, so that is, that's pushing us future. That's pushing us future into this great hope. And they're saying, okay, this passage, it's, I like the theme of it. The theme of it is more. And more, and more. What's more? Even more than that. And what's more, there's good news for the present too. He calls us to rejoice in the present, but ironically, in the present suffering. Verse 3. Not only that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. Endurance produces endurance produces character. Character produces hope. That same hope that we saw before. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. All right. So what do we rejoice in right here now? Ironically, we rejoice in, in suffering. That as we look at the cross, we rejoice in our suffering, beholding the cross of Jesus Christ. All right, why does the cross enable us to do that? Why does the cross cause us to, to rejoice in our suffering? All right. We have a hope that does not disappoint. We have a hope that is secure in Christ that has been earned by his death and his resurrection, which we'll talk about. And then we have all these other hopes, all these other saviors, all these other loves, all of these other promises. And they will all perish. They're all fake. They're all illusions. They will all betray us in the end. And so, what does Paul say? Paul says, rejoice, rejoice in your suffering so that you might see the cross for all of its power, for all of its beauty, for all of the grace that is found there. And rejoice, rejoice that God is destroying anything else that would captivate us, that would draw us away from the cross. Rejoice that he is breaking those things and destroying those things that our true hope may be revealed. The hope of the cross. The hope of death and resurrection life afterwards. 
that allows us to rejoice in our suffering. All right, I didn't, I didn't get as excited about the wedding supper of the Lamb until I got celiacs. <laughs> you know, this is like, <laughs> there better be good bread in heaven. Um, and I'm pretty sure there's going to be probably better than this stuff. Um, all right, that's, that's just the reality. And that's where we rejoice in those kinds of suffering, not bitter at God, but like we thank him for opening our eyes to, to be fixed on the right things. And in that, we rejoice. Now, if that, sounds, uh, if that sounds overly optimistic, or that seems foolish, or that seems like just convincing yourself that everything is fine when it's not, Paul goes on and he says why it's not foolishness. He says it's because the, the Holy Spirit, he actually, he is pouring the love of God into our hearts such that we would be able to trust him and, and believe in all this love that is being poured out upon us that we trust that suffering is actually for our good. That he loves us enough that we can receive anything from his hand, even suffering, and know that it is for our good. Now, what's his proof? What's his proof that God loves you so much? How does he prove it to us? Once again, through the cross. For while we are still weak, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person one would dare even to die. But God showed his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. All right. Jesus did not go to the cross for the righteous. For those who are keeping the law and doing a good job and, and ticking all the boxes. He didn't do, do it for the good. For those who are kind of going in above and beyond the law and, and doing the things, even running after God's heart. No, he, who did he do it for? He did it for us while we were still sinners. With nothing, absolutely nothing to offer him. As Dan said earlier, what, what do we bring to the table? We bring our sin and nothing else. He brings, he brings all of his love. And just to prove to us how much he loves us, he basically says, you, know, you, you will have absolutely nothing to bring and I will still love you. That is what the cross should communicate. The overwhelming, unfathomable, unequal love of God. Now, some of you, you believe that, but then you, you turn and you say, well, but will it continue? Will it continue to love? What if I sin after that? All right, there's only one God. It is the same God. The same God that loved you when you were a sinner will love you when you continue to sin and struggle and have doubts and are discouraged we, we, like we said, this is, a, this is a lavish, a lavish foundation of grace that we're not going to start flying, okay? We, we still have to stand on this ground of grace for the rest of our lives. And at no point, at no point will you graduate and no longer need the cross. 
You will always be dependent. And you'll always get to say, you know what? Thank you, God, that you loved me when I was a sinner because I still am. And I'm glad that you don't. You didn't choose me when I was good because then I could lose it. I'm glad you didn't choose me because I was better than other people because then I could lose that love. No, he, he died for us while we were still sinners at our absolute lowest in absolute commitment to us. That is what we should see when we see the cross. And if you know that love, you don't have to go looking other places for it. You don't have to sit at home feeling bitter that God is giving you suffering. You can actually say, no, it's, he's not punishing me. He's not abandoning me. He is loving me in the same way that he, he loved me in the cross. I can receive anything from his hand. I trust him to build in me the hope of the cross. Not the hope of comfort. Not the hope of happiness. Not the hope of success or wealth or pride. But the cross. Can we rejoice in our suffering as we behold the cross of Jesus Christ? He loves us. He has proved that love. He has given us the best gift he could possibly imagine, the gift of himself perishing on our behalf to prove that he loves us. Oh, that the Holy Spirit would continue to pour that love into our hearts that we believe it. Amen? Finally, finally in the cross, we rejoice in God himself. Since therefore... We have now been justified by his blood. Much more shall we be saved by him from the wrath of God. For if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. More than that, we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So you can rejoice in this like this lavish glory that is being poured out upon us. We can rejoice in the, the God's working through suffering, but in the end, what do we ultimately rejoice in? We rejoice in God Himself. That this cross has reconciled us to God. Our Father, our great joy, our Lord and our King our Savior, our Bridegroom, our great friend. Now the cross, the cross allows us to actually, actually have God. Right? We don't need to fear him. We can rejoice in him. We, we don't need to fear retribution or judgment or wrath. We don't need to feel guilty. Remember, all you're bringing into this relationship is sin. So we don't need to feel guilty that we haven't done enough. And, and what if God is, is scowling at me from heaven? No, you are reconciled. The cross of the Christ is, is sufficient. We don't need to, to cower in shame and hide ourselves from him. 
He sought us out while we were still sinners. And he who began that work will finish it. He who, who justified us will save us. The one who loved us then will love us now. All right. This evening, let's, let's let the cross loom large. Okay. That it be large enough to cover all of our sin, that it be large enough to truly reconcile us to God, that we'd be free from, from these fear and guilt and shame, fear of performance or, or anything that we'd attempt to bring besides our sin and our faith. We don't need to cover the gaps and add to the cross. It is big enough. It is sufficient. Jesus Christ and his blood is sufficient. We rejoice in him. We rejoice in the Savior who, who wept for us and bled for us and died for us. He has done it not so we would weep, but so we would rejoice. Let us rejoice this day. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we thank you that you are wise in your ways, that you are just and justifier, that you saw the plan that would be our, our salvation, and we thank you for the cross. We thank you for the sufficient work of Jesus Christ to save us, to take away our sins and, and redeem us and reconcile us to you. Lord, we ask that the Holy Spirit would fill us, would comfort us with your love, would make us cry out, Abba, Father, that we would know, that we would know the reconciliation and the peace that we have with you in Jesus Christ. Father, we praise you for Jesus. Jesus, we praise you for your work. Holy Spirit, we praise you for opening our eyes to it. Would you put joy in our hearts that would overflow, that we'd rejoice in all things and in everything, knowing that through the cross we have found life in you. We pray in Christ's name.